0: From the deranged mind of a madman with a microphone, it's a drinking podcast with a movie problem. You're listening to Not Suitable for Anyone. All right, Manuel, you... Uh get uh, you want to get started yeah, yeah i'm ready to go i don't do real, like fancy intros or anything like that anymore i just kind of i just kind of jump right in these days okay so why don't you go ahead
1: and uh introduce yourself um okay i am justin sheeler i uh, write for modern horrors and that's really the only thing that qualifies me to be here at all <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
0: uh, well I mean, so that's that's not that's not totally true. I mean, you have um, so what's going on? You mean you've had you've done some podcasts in the in the past, right?
1: That is true. Yeah, I um, just ended uh, well, just kind of fizzled out because of a pandemic uh, at a comic book podcast called Gutter Panel Press, and I'm about to launch uh, my new podcast called Super Bummer. Cool. I'm looking
0: forward to that because um, that uh, you, you described it to me a little bit, and I think like we maybe we can get into that. Uh, maybe towards the end of the show, but uh, but that sounded really cool. Um, yeah, and so right. you know, you write for modern horrors, and that's kind of how that's kind of how we met. <laughs> and the movie we're going to talk about today is one that uh, I think has been around a while, but re- it, but doesn't get a lot of love. It's it's uh, it's a little bit older than the movies we usually that we usually talk about here. But uh, I was really glad that um, you know, that that you uh, you were interested in this and you picked this one, uh, Luke at modern horrors was the one who first turned me on to this because I grew up in the nineties and I had no idea that Twisted Sister
1: made a horror movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um I I don't even remember I think I first watched Strangeland. Am I cool to say it? Is that Yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um Yeah, yeah see yeah, I'm really bad at this. I forgot to like even say the name of the movie, but yeah. We're, we're talking <laughs> about we're talking about D Snyder's Strangeland.
1: Yeah. Um I think I first watched Strangeland in like two thousand and two, I think. Somewhere around there, and I was like, This is the coolest movie ever. <laughs> like this is it's got D Snyder, it's got a bunch of like tattooed and pierced people, and it's got some sick nineties new metal. What else could you need from a movie? Um whether or not that holds up by twenty twenty-one standards, <laughs> we'll we will have to discuss and work out. But uh yep. yeah, I I loved this movie. I hadn't seen it in a good number of years either. I just bought it like two years ago from a horror convention and just hadn't even watched it. I was just like, Oh yeah, I need to own that. Um and then hadn't watched it in years. So when I saw it on the list of like the movies that you sent me, I was like Oh yeah, Strangeland. Why like that? It's such an <laughs> obvious choice. I mean, what else can you ask for? Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you so, if you haven't heard of
0: this, it, you know, if you're like me and you hadn't heard of this, or if you're just you know, so so if one thing is, it's no surprise. Uh, I don't I don't keep it a real big secret that um that the majority of my listeners are are old as shit like me. <laughs> uh, this this is very much a generation x and older millennial podcast like my my listenership is like 35 to 44 like age bracket it's like yep. 90% <laughs> <laughs> so so probably a lot of the listeners actually would you know know who d snider is and you know who twisted sister is because if you know if you know those names then then you're old like me
1: yeah uh, <laughs> well i think everybody knows we're not going to take it I feel like that is a, that's a song that like spans generation. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely does. Um, yeah. And that, that really, like that was sort of like my introduction to like eighties hair metal. Um, this was, we're not going to take it and like watching. And, uh, and even like they had some darker stuff, like, like, I think there was like one called burn in hell or something like that. And those videos would come on MTV, like super late at night. And this is like
1: 1980, I don't know, six, seven. Yeah. The, I know they had one album in the 90s that was like, they tried to push into that like darker new metal-y sound and it was like, it didn't work very well. But, you know, yeah. I applaud them for trying. <laughs> Dee Snyder's obviously like a lifer. I mean, he, the man now is, he's like probably 65 or 67 or something like that now. Yeah. And he's still doing cool shit. So like, he's in it for life. So when this movie came out, he probably in his late forties. Yeah.
0: That's, that was like, that's the funniest thing to me about the whole, the whole okay. Boomer thing is like, as like, as like a Gen Xer, all of our heroes growing up are baby boomers.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think the thing with the OK Boomer thing is, um, you know, cause as I mean, I'm in kind of like right in the middle of the millennial generation. Um, because I'm 30 now. So I'm kind of like, you know, right in the middle of it. And I think the... That was a big part of it, is that, like... All, growing up, a lot of my heroes were boomers. But then you watch those heroes, you know... Start selling cars on TV and shit <laughs> like that. And you're like, oh, yep. what the... You failed us. You know, for, yeah. for me, that seems like a lot of it. Whereas, like... <laughs> All right. Yeah, you did a lot for me when I was younger, but now what the hell is
0: wrong? Man, I I tell you, I was just thinking the other day, like how how much has changed, how how much has changed and how little has changed, like in the same way, because um, there was that meme going around for a while where somebody had like a super cut of all the Shelley Duvall infomercials and like little commercial spots that she did where she would walk out in front of the camera and say, you know, hi, I'm Shelly Duvall. And it was just a super cut of her saying, hi, I'm Shelly Duvall, like over and over again. <laughs> and and the joke was like, does anyone know this actress's name? <laughs> but like that, that used to be like, that used to be the thing. Like, like they used to just be that overt about like selling out and selling shit to, yeah. to people. But now it's like all like influencers and stuff like that. And it's a little wow. more, you know, like sneaky. Um, Which I
1: think is way worse (laughs) yeah like when the revolution happens those people go against the wall first (laughs) um obviously don't mean that like i'm being hyperbolic but like god those people piss me off um and i do like the yeah and it does seem like a lot of the later uh people like you know musicians from the late 90s and early 2000s who are you know kind of getting up to that point now If they do sell out and start, like, pimping brands, for the most part, it (laughs) seems like stuff that they're actually, they actually like. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's got to make a paycheck. I don't hold that. But, like, you know, when you see one of the guys from My Chemical Romance or something advertising for Fender, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You're not, yeah, you know, you're not on a Colgate commercial.
0: Right, right. Uh, Yeah. or at least they're, like, going to turn themselves into a brand or something. And, like, that... Yeah. Like, I get that. Um, you know, you want to sell a, a vagina that smells like a can't <laughs> Jesus.
1: I just said a <laughs> vagina that smells
0: like your candle. A candle that smells like your vagina. <laughs> you know, more power where to do you. you. Where do you buy your vaginas, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, a Yankee Candle Company. I can
1: tell you that. Uh, Yeah. You know. Sure. Uh, But... I, I do kind of miss it being a little bit shameless, at least because then you could be like, alright. At least then it was easy to know who to write off. Yeah. Yeah, you know. exactly. When Nine Inch Nails did that whole Black Mirror thing, I was like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> like, my favorite band doing something that's clearly just for money, because this is yeah. the worst thing I've ever seen or heard. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing, like, I mean,
0: suicide is always tragic and all that, but, like, I I prefer to remember, you know, Kurt Cobain at 27 and strung out on, on heroin than to have ever known him as, you know, just another, like, shill or sellout or, like, you know, see his, like, post-drug, like, fat phase, like yeah. Fat Elvis or something like that. Like, nobody wanted to see that. um And, you know, we can always just kind of remember him as he in was his... in his 20s in his prime.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a Doug Stanhope joke about that where it's like everybody's like oh they died way too soon well what if they had so much left off or well, what if they didn't what if they were out <laughs> of shit <laughs> at the time he's like I'm 30 I'm out of shit I don't know what to write about I'm just writing fart jokes at this point like <laughs> I'm out it is very easy to be cashed in artistically and I'm just gonna try to float on this for the next 15 years and I think about that a lot where I'm like, you know, obviously you want the person to be alive as a person, but when you're mourning an artist for going too soon, you know. Yeah. Look how fast Metallica turned. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. God. Wow, yeah. That's a, that's a, you know what I, I just what Did you see that mashup speaking of Metallica, like the mashup of, um, uh, it was like enter sandman and hip to be square no no that sounds brilliant though it's 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 really good like i'll send you the link uh later on. It's, right. on it's on youtube like whoever whoever put it together i guess this guy like does these kind of mashups all the time but he's like he's like got the he's matched the audio all the audio tracks together and he's like cut video of like live performances and stuff so that it all looks seamless it's, da- it's a really good job but oh, it's like cool. it's scary like how well it works and how well it all fits together yeah Um, because that's not my that's not my childhood memory of metallica at all
1: yeah no (laughs) but i mean it gets a little bit closer to that every time they release anything (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyway uh, anyway strange land strange land yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> um the best way I could describe the plot of this movie to someone who hasn't seen it is it's basically like a Nightmare on Elm Street origin story.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of. I could uh, I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah, that's my best. That's sort of my best like like if you want
1: like a one-line like pitch. You know Now that you say that, like, I hadn't even thought about it like that, but now that you say that, watching it yesterday for the first time in years, the closest thing that I could compare it to, and this is not, like, a glowing review, I get that, but, uh, (laughs) is the Nightmare on Elm Street, like, remake. Remake. (laughs) Jackie (laughs) Earl Haley. Yeah. That, that opening part, you know, the backstory of it. Yeah. I can absolutely see that comparison yeah which
0: God, makes it that like, which makes it really ironic that robert england shows up for like oh
1: yeah you know, like half of like the middle acts in this movie yeah which again weird turn they're like that. They, my that's what i love about this movie like the thing that held up to me the most about this movie is just how how like batshit bananas it is with like structurally where they like, yeah. you could tell that this was written by a man who had never written a movie. Never, yeah. Like, who had no idea what he was doing as far as screenwriting goes. Like, he, really, he was like, ah, oh, that was a cool idea, and threw it in there. He was like, you know what would be really cool to have in here? uh, Freddy Krueger. Boom. <laughs> throw him in. Like, whatever he could get yeah. to happen is what he got. Like, if you take, I, yeah, if you take Freddy Krueger, but
0: you put him in like the early days of the internet, like the old internet chat rooms and stuff. Yep. Like this is, this that's what you, and, and I mean like the alive Freddy Krueger, like before, before he got, you know, like burned to death by the parents. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And, and then put the actual guy that plays Freddy Krueger in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just why not? Just in case any idiots like me hadn't made the connection, you give him that one last, I really did not even like put that together i i'm like embarrassed about that um, but yeah the whole thing i i would be willing to go out on i don't even think i'd be going out on limb i'd be willing to bet money that the most expensive part of this movie was the soundtrack
0: twisted sisters on the soundtrack i'm guessing he like worked out a deal there but mm-hmm. then you've also got there's like a there's a megadeth song yep on here that i've never heard anywhere else
1: uh, yeah so, no i think it's for the movie yeah Oh. Um, Megadeth, Marilyn Manson Um, which one of my favorite parts of the movie is it opens up with that opening theme that opening track or whatever that like ripping new metal song sung by yeah. Dee Snyder, and then it goes to music cuts for about seven seconds and goes into like dialogue or whatever and then it like fades out and then immediately, like 10 seconds later, fades into a different new metal song. And it's <laughs> that fucking Marilyn Manson song. i was like, all right, bold choice. Let's go. Yeah. Just, it yeah. almost, at a certain point, I was like, it kind of had that, uh, uh, what was the name of that fucking movie? The Joker movie. um, Suicide Squad.
0: Oh. Uh, it kind of had that, yeah. like.
1: That movie was like somebody just, like, flipping the radio dials constantly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. This is a one big long music yeah. video. There were but, there were like ten songs in the first I don't know twenty minutes of that movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> when Strange Land is that same way, except yeah. you've never heard any of these fucking songs before,
0: <laughs> and or since really.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seven Dust is on it. Like System of a Down is on it. Like I, the whole way going through, I was just like, I know that voice. Oh, God. I haven't listened to it. Soul Flies on it. I was like, <laughs> all right. Like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, like trip pants and corn t shirt. Justin was so stoked to be watching that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: that is, um, and, 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 um, I mean, this movie's 90s as fuck.
1: Uh-oh. Oh could not get more 1998 <laughs> than this movie. Like
0: like if you're I don't know, like mo- like I said, most people listening are probably about our age, so and th- and that was like the other thing is like Jesus, like if you know who Dee Snyder is, you're probably old. If you recognize like the modem sounds like at the very beginning, like when they log oh. into the chat room <laughs> for the first time, yeah. and there's the modem sounds, I'm like, "Yeah, if you know what that sound is, then you're old as shit." Like this this whole thing is just going to remind me that I'm old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so let me ask, are we avoiding spoilers here? No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, so yeah, I actually like, cause I've listened to a bunch of episodes that you podcast, but I always listen to the ones that are like with the filmmakers and stuff. Sure. So today I was like, okay, well to get prepared, I'll try to find one where it's not with someone who is actually involved with the film. And I ended up listening to the beginning of the one cut of the dead episode. Okay. But I've never seen that movie. Oh god, yeah. You gotta see that one. Yeah, so it hit that point where it was like, Are we doing spoilers? And you were like, Yeah. And I was like, ah, uh, okay, so I like had to turn it off. But um Okay, so with spoilers, the bat shit turns that this movie takes, where they were like <laughs> clearly not worried about jumping the shark whatsoever. Yep. Like, how fast they caught him. Was like, I was like, huh? Yeah, that easy, huh? <laughs> well, okay.
0: Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about that that whole setup, right? Because cause that was that was fascinating to me. Because obviously, he he. So he so uh, Captain Howdy is like D. Snyder's character, yeah. Um, which is a, a reference to The Exorcist,
1: yeah. You know?
0: Which I love, and, and what and just what a cool
1: name, anyway. Like, yeah. Captain Howdy too.
0: So. It's and it's a perfect like late 90s thing. Like yeah, of course there'd be some dickhead in an internet chat room in the 90s called Captain Howdy. I mean there were there was all kinds of shit. Like that was one of the things that really like rang true to me because having yeah. grown up in like the the era, the Prodigy and CompuServe and AOL era um you know and and like getting it, getting into college and going to ICQ and uh, you know this is all pre Twitter pre yeah. Slack like you know this was it in the pre facebook yeah. you know i'm like this that, is how
1: we like met people early and stuff. internet yeah and, early internet um, and if anything i i feel like this movie downplays the number of fucking psychopaths in those chat rooms <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah, know there's only I, one serial killer in this whole chat room really yeah like <laughs> you found the only one you found the like only chat room with that like l- small of a <laughs> I remember back in those days, my mom would be like, okay, yeah, you can use your AOL chat rooms, like, before AIM, before AOL Instant Messenger, Mm -hmm. when you had to pull it up on the actual, like, it was barely even a browser. It was just that weird box that only contained AOL, Um, and then she would sit there over my shoulder as I, like, chatted with other children, (laughs) you know, about about nothing. Like, hey, do you like dragons? Yeah, I like dragons. Cool. Do you like swords? And then, yeah, there's no, not a chance in hell that most of those guys I was talking to weren't 44 and, you know, yeah. doing weird things with peanut butter at the time. <laughs> the, the, there was a lot, the
0: line that I that I jotted down because it just made me laugh out loud was when she said, everything I need to know about him is right here. And she pulls up his like profile. <laughs> And it's so like, funny and it just you know you know like we've all known people that are that naive yeah. um, especially oh, yeah.
1: then you know Um, well and the fact that it works yeah, the fact that it works when she fucking does that and she's like oh he's into snowboarding change water skiing <laughs> to winter sports and that work like a charm like he's actually picking victims based on like his own personal hobbies and interests <laughs> so yeah. funny. And it's like the uh and that's was, that's like, Amy
0: Smart by the way. I know. Another another late 90s early 2000s
1: staple. Um I was Wait. in love with her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I she's one of those actors where it was like um I see her and I'm like, ah, I know her. I have no idea where from. I have no um, idea. I know I've probably seen her in like so twenty
0: three movies. But. She was she was the girl in uh she was the chick in road trip that the main character like uh slept with and like that he made the sex tape with that accidentally got mailed to his long distance girlfriend in Texas.
1: Oh, you talk about the Tom Green movie. The
0: Tom Green movie, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not seen that movie
0: <laughs> since the nineties. I don't think. <laughs> like. Um, I probably haven't either, but it's still like tattooed on my brain. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, that movie made such an impression on me as a, like a young like college student. Um, yeah, but yeah, she's in that, and she was in um, she was in a bunch of stuff uh, around that time. But that's the one that I always um that I always remember. But yeah, I recognized her immediately. Um, I was like, "Holy shit! It's the road trip." That's Still the in love with Beth. Her? yeah yeah Still I mean, in love she's, with her. <laughs> she's gorgeous i mean she's oh, granted it's like you know this movie's like 30 years old now um yeah <laughs> so you look well not quite i guess like 20 23 years old but like she, i'm like wow she looks the same i'm like oh wait this was filmed like literally like the year before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. is she younger Can i remember her um yeah she's i mean she's like 40 now um but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but so it, it works, but except that, except that Captain Halley's like one step ahead of them, right? Because he's already looked at the profile, so he knows that, it, so he basically has figured out that these are cops. Yeah. And he baits and- them and sends them to the house next door and almost
1: kills an old man. <laughs> yeah, which is, but also like, I get that. It's that like, well, and that's one of the more believable things in the movie is that like uh serial killer need to like be involved with everything you do. So he sends them to the house next door. <laughs> right. You know, where he's right there where they could just be like, <laughs> like they're. I think the most unbelievable part of that scene is that they weren't like while they were raiding that house being like, hmm. That they didn't go knock on all the doors in the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, and like, why is that house? have all of the windows painted over that's very strange (laughs) well oh and there's heavy industrial blaring out of all the windows (laughs) that sounds like our guy
0: (laughs) well and then like and then he gets busted the next day because the fucking dog is barking Um, oh when when he could literally he could just as easily like type messages to the guy but he decides to like like record voice messages and send them instead
1: only time he does that by the way <laughs> he Does that one time ever and it's just so happens to be when the dog is barking you know it and that's kind of what i mean it's like it's not that some of the like twists and turns and stuff weren't cool it's that everything is done in such a way that you can tell that it's like okay yeah this movie was written by somebody who does not get paid to think about this type of shit exactly yeah yeah um well, the whole thing was inspired was, was was based
0: on a Twisted Sister song. Really? Uh yeah. Uh um... I did not know. <laughs> yeah. That was Is the... the one
1: they used in the movie, I hope?
0: <laughs> no, it actually came out on an album like right around the same time. Um or um maybe even earlier. I um Let's see if I can find the name of the song. I, 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 I... it was uh yeah, it was called it was called Horror Teria, Captain Howdy, Captain Howdy Street Justice, and it's literally like the basic plot of this movie is is what happens in the song. Um, like
1: beat by beat.
0: Um, I, I mean, like they don't have they don't go into like the depth of like the dude like being into like piercings and body art and all that stuff it's just basically a story about a guy who's like luring children to um to kill them and then he like gets he like he gets let go on a technicality and then like the mob assembles and comes and and comes to get him like that's basically like the
1: story in the song huh uh yeah <laughs> that's actually pretty cool that gives me a little, uh, extra, like, notch of respect for it, I
0: guess. Yeah. Like, it was on the, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was way early. It was on the, it was on the, it was on the 84 album, Stay Hungry. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which is I
1: that, think, like, I think album? it's the same,
0: that's the, like, like, okay, when you talk about Twisted Sister, there's one album, right? Like, I mean, yeah. they had other albums. The only album anybody knows is Stay Hungry, because that's the one yeah. that had, we're not going to take it
1: on it. Okay, that, that, <laughs> so that is that album? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I was never into, like, I was never into the hair metal thing. Like, I know all of it, because, like, my dad's a big metalhead, So, like, I know all of it, but I was always into, like, the thrash metal and, oh sure, you know, side of stuff. So... The heavier, <laughs> less gimmicky, less eyeliner side <laughs> of the, yeah. well, of they, the I mean, equation.
0: They were on, like, the harder side of hair metal than, like, the you know, than the show he's on, but they still had that. They still did the eyeliner, the, the, uh, the eyeliner and the, and the, and the high, hair highlights and stuff, but more um, so than anybody else. I would, I would argue, I mean, they weren't like poison or, um, no, um, I mean, they,
1: they weren't garbage. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean the na- I don't mean the band garbage cause I actually like garbage, but, uh, no, I mean just as far as like the makeup, Went they went yeah. more over the top with that than anybody yes. else. Did, yeah. You know. They were they were like they were like the gothier side of hair metal
0: rather than like the glam side of hair metal. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like I got mad
1: respect um, for Spectre twisted yeah. Sister. I mean my so my, 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 my sort, of, sort
0: of, of embarrassing childhood story is that my brother uh my brother actually like made he like made his own like temporary tattoo of the Twisted Sister logo with like uh with like Sharpies. That and is like, awesome. If you like press it like on your hand or whatever, like when the sharpie's still wet, like it'll like leave the impression. So he basically like drew it like like mirrored and then like, like yeah. So I had like a temporary
1: that... tattoo for like two days for like the Twisted Sister logo. It was awesome. That is yeah. That's <laughs> red. My question: Why didn't he just draw it on you with the sharpie? <laughs> I mean, you know, in
0: our defense, we were, you know, he was like, you know, I don't know, like 15 at the time. Maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. so, I'm just,
1: um, so well, yeah, yeah, the absolute batshit turns that I did not. And like I said, I'd seen this movie before, like multiple times. And I did not remember him getting caught halfway through the movie. Yeah, it's like, do
0: you, you ever see uh, Shocker? Yeah, Craven yeah. it's like shocker but in fast forward right because oh, the yeah. whole first half of that movie is just like it's like a police procedural where the cops are chasing him down um, yeah. except this movie is only 86 minutes long so they have to have that they have to have him caught by the 45 minute mark <laughs> yeah, which I don't does he even make it that far it's it's close it's not quite okay. I think I think like I think I yeah I think by 45 46 minutes in is like the mob is already after him but yeah it's but it's kind of it's kind of right around the halfway point,
1: um, which it's so weird because I've never. This movie has like more than any other movie has like three distinct acts. Like the mm-hmm. the dividing line between the acts is so obviously, yeah. But then each act has like a variable number of acts in it, right? You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, yeah so weird to watch like it's almost it really almost is like a trilogy of movies crammed into 86 minutes yeah. like they could have made this three films if, yeah. if this well, was made today it would have been three movies yeah absolutely well it would be it would be a whole franchise
0: yeah it would be called nightmare on elm street but captain howdy's captain howdy's nightmare on elm street there you go um <laughs> So yeah, because well, because like in the first half, at least like there's like some like like they lay some kind of you know foundation for why how the cop finds him as as flimsy it as it is. But in the in the third act, when they find like when he's like re kid, he's he goes and kidnaps the same victim, <laughs> yeah, the same cop's kid daughter from the first half of the movie, and. I don't did he did he just keep them in the same house like like they didn't even show like how they figured out where he was holding his new victims like they just the cops just show up there
1: because when the cops get there they're the, the house's alarm is going off. Oh is that. So I think he did it on purpose. OK. And that's why he left the note for the cop in the inside of the that's matchbook. What... Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did leave a note for him. Um... Which that I mean that whole thing <laughs> I thought was pretty clever because Which... he like obviously kidnapped them tortured them in this house then was like all right i'm ready for this like showdown which but like why yeah no <laughs> like, no exactly it, 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 nobody <laughs> knows where
0: you are although you're not hard to recognize and, and only one person is killed in this entire well or, or, or two i guess arguably are ki- in this entire movie right because everybody else like he has all his victims he keeps all his victims yeah. alive
1: yeah so yeah
0: i guess On- it is only the daughter's the daughter's friend like died of a heart attack. And Robert Englund's wife. Uh, oh, and Robert England's wife. Those are the only two that he actually kills. Like everyone
1: yeah. else he just kinda tortures. Which and he doesn't even waste any time with Robert Englund's wife. <laughs> no You know, he just like <laughs> and breaks into somehow to a what appears to be a hotel room that I don't know how he <laughs> would know that they're staying there. Yeah. And slits her throat and does the best job at hiding himself while manipulating another person's body I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost like he wasn't even in the shot
0: until they cut to the scene where you yeah. had to see him.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, well, how can we make this look really, really good?
0: <laughs> oh, well, just don't have him in there. But the, like, it, it, I wrote down actually this the whole Robert England's character is like the dumbest person in the entire world. But that is the best part of the movie. <laughs> he's like, what's wrong with your neck? I'm like, what do you mean? What's wrong with your neck? Because there's
1: blood running down her entire body. She so had to get within two feet of him to see that she <laughs> was doused in blood. It was genius. But that's the best part of the movie when he starts doing the dancing and he's like, all right, enough of that. And then she keeps dancing. And he's like, Hey bitch, I said enough. My Woody's going away. And I was like, what the hell <laughs> oh my god oh, yeah. Uh, yeah just like the classic cliche abusive shitty redneck dad yeah. Slash husband. yeah just- well and and they give us they have they, they they even like cut to the
0: like the whatever like the seedy motel or apartment or wherever his daughter is like banging some random dude um, just to like show us that oh no Captain Howdy doesn't actually have his daughter as as if we actually thought that it, he did or that he even knew who like that guy and his family were.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it it's a CD hotel that they're at, and it's the same CD hotel where Captain Howdy kills Robert England's wife. Yeah, well, like because they yeah. use the same. B roll. They only
0: had three locations in this whole movie. (laughs) They've got Captain Howdy's house, which I think is probably the same house as the interior for the cops' house.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And then they've got the the seedy hotel, and then they've got the the nightclub,
1: the Shabalba Club. Yeah, which I mean, I will say this: great name for a nightclub. For like a goth nightclub, (laughs) great name. Um, they they chose that very well. Um. Another thing like kind of the same thing where like you can tell that he's kind of just like an outsider who's interested in screenwriting or filmmaking or whatever. Yeah. You could also see that he's kind of just an outsider who's interested in like body modification because they got so much of the shit in that movie wrong, like oh, like yeah. when they when they find the the septum ring, and he's like, yeah, it looks like a septum spike. That's the biggest one I've ever seen. That's pr- a double zero gauge. I'm like, no, the hell it <laughs> is not. Like, that thing was so much bigger than a double zero. Like, a double zero is the size of a Sharpie. That yeah. thing was like, you know... It was like like Texas Longhorns. Yeah, it is <laughs> really what it looked like. Which, and like, how how do you miss that? Like... <laughs> As a person who like you know, I had my ears stretched and shit like that. If you if something like that falls out of your body, you notice immediately. It's not like a oh yeah. I'm missing my you know quarter inch nose <laughs> spike. <laughs> I it's like God, yeah. but yeah, it was just everything was just kind of like that. Where it was like he was this close, like you tried real real good. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I give it. Well, because I guess uh, uh, so based on according to what I read, like the only thing like D. Snyder has had has a septum ring. Um uh, but like all the other like pier- piercings and stuff on his face like were just makeup, like they were they were special effects. Yeah. Um he did have he did have a he did have a septum ring and uh you know and of course this is wikipedia research but like it's a it was like a standard 14 gauge piercing and they just used like i don't know some kind of like special like jewelry type thing to make it look like it was a like it was a larger gauge um but then everything else was just like makeup effects um and it would take like hours i guess of him and like a makeup chair to get into like the the captain howdy character
1: which Which, is cool yeah which is rad um i find it funny that I I mean I always get a tickle out of this in movies, but like he's a man who already has tattoos, yeah, and they covered his tattoos to give him to different give him tattoos, other t-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and
1: they're tribal tattoos, you know. Like I'm,
0: you know. you know what that makes me think of? Did you ever watch? Um, have you ever seen The Room, uh, or The Disaster Artist, the movie yeah. they made about The Room?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen.
0: Um, where they <laughs> they like. He built, he had a set that was built to look like the alley behind the studio.
1: Yeah, when and he then, had a shot he, in the alley behind the studio. Yeah, yeah.
0: and he was just like, and like Seth, and like Seth Rogen is like the, the director or something, or, or the, the DOP or I don't know what he was, but like, and he was like, well, why don't we just shoot in the alley? And he's like, because it's a real Hollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, stuff like that where I'm like, D- you could have just like added to the tattoos you already have, but you know, yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. I I actually met D. Snyder. Really? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Really. I, I got a fun D. Snyder story. Uh, right. I met him. I met him at a convention, um, a horror convention, and I was like, I the same thing again. I hadn't seen it in years, but I was like, dude, Strangeland. I love that movie. Like, I'm gonna get to meet d snyder and like obviously d snyder is twisted sister like that's what you one-to-one but yeah. like i was a bigger fan of this movie than i ever was his band so like i was pumped on meeting like the guy from strangeland more than the guy who did we're not gonna take it uh so we walked up and i was like dude i love strangeland and he was like whoa and like talk to us for a couple minutes i got a really good picture of me and my buddy matt and him with each one of us in a headlock that guy is still jacked oh, he's yeah. still in the same shape that he was in <laughs> in this movie which is like really good shape yeah um
0: but you know in the not in the same shape that i was in in 1998 in case anyone was wondering
1: <laughs> me, me either um uh, which is probably good because i would look like an eight-year-old boy but yeah uh so you know that uh that final showdown in uh Zabalba when like be. With the cop and uh Captain Howdy, <laughs> D Snyder decides that he wants to show us how they do how they choke someone in a movie and make it look real without actually choking them, okay, so he does it on me, and he's like, this is how we do it. We press here and uh, to make it look real and whatever, but he's wearing like half an armful of like bracelets and jewelry and shit <laughs> so. I for like a week and a half, I had these big, deep, dark red bruises on my collarbones from where he was digging his wrist covered in metal <laughs> into my collarbones. Nice. And then this time watching the movie, I got to the scene where he's like choking him out. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't look real at all. <laughs> 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 I suffered for nothing. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, oh my
0: god!
1: What and speaking of the special effects in this movie, they're rough, man. Like yeah. their make their makeup effects are—they did not believe in blending whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, every time they showed like one of the, you know, uh, victims or whatever, like with the needles in them, especially if it was up close. Yeah, I was just like. You can clearly see where the like, where the prosthetics end and their actual skin begins. Oh yeah, and I'm yep. like, ah, oh, god, like how I don't know. Also, it might be one of those things where like, you know, this movie is made to be seen on like grainy tube TVs, and I'm watching yes. it on a 4K, you right. know, sixty-two inch screen. <laughs> Going to cause a problem. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's. That's a problem for like for a lot of like 80s and 90s like low budget horror and just in general. Oh um, yeah, because like we're just we're just used to seeing shit that's like it's already blurry. We didn't yeah. even we didn't think it was blurry back then. Like we had no idea like how crisp an
1: image just, on a screen could look. We just had no frame of reference. Even at the time, I remember when I can't even remember what which one it was, but like a Mortal Kombat game came out and I was like Ooh. this looks like real life. Yeah. Well, when they went, they <laughs> happened, <laughs> and then now I look back on them like, holy yeah. shit! Well, yeah. When they
0: yeah. went from eighteen bit to sixteen bit graphics, it was like, it was insane. But now you look yeah. back on it and you're like, oh yeah, it looks like a fucking cartoon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and like a shitty cartoon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's why. But it's um. Yeah. That's. That's that's true. But I still respect like I still respect like the uh uh you know like the commitment to you know the practical effects. Of course back then like CGI would have cost way more uh than you know than 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 today.
1: But Um, they didn't even try for like any of it. Like even the even the fire and shit was real, which is Yeah. (laughs) For a movie like that, I was like, ah, that I applaud you, although the fire suit that the guy who was wearing when he was swinging from the he looked yeah. like someone had left the stay puffed marshmallow man <laughs> in the like was trying to make a s'more out of him, and left yeah. him in too long. it was i was like ah oh, god that he doesn't even he's not even the shape of a person anymore he's just kind of like he looks like a bed roll swinging from the uh that was pretty rough but Still, I was like, I applaud you. You actually set a room on fire. Yeah. Like, I have to give
0: hats off to you. Yeah, that's, that's like, my, that's my biggest problem with stuff like the collector, or, or not the collector, the, the, whatever the second, the collection is,
1: uh, like the fire at the end, it just oh, looks, God, so it just bad. looks so
0: fake. Um, it's,
1: but, blood, uh, yeah, like, blood you're... and fire, never CGI them, blood, fire, and water. Yeah. Well, if you're going to CGI blood, like, it needs to be,
0: like, you have to keep it subtle. And if you keep it subtle where, like, most people don't notice, that's fine. But if you want the big blood sprays, then you have to go practical. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise,
1: it's, like, really obvious. I get get that it's shitty to clean up, but it seems so much easier to do. Anyway, like, you get some fake blood and you put it in something that sprays shit. Like, you know. Yeah. It's tubes. It's tubes and pressure
0: and air pressure. That's it. That's I mean, I mean, yeah, you have to have somebody that knows a little bit about what they're doing so that, yeah. you know, so that you don't like, you know, like, like blow somebody's like eardrums out or something. But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but it, it just, and, and, and yeah, it doesn't, I mean, maybe it doesn't look real either. Like, like, like the end of, like the end of the Evil Dead, like the original Evil Dead, you know, that whole yeah. stop motion thing where like the demon is, is like, yeah, it's like decomposing or whatever. Like, yeah, of course that looks fake,
1: but it's awesome. Yeah, but it, it looks cool and fake.
0: It's like yeah, as art. opposed to like a cartoon that's drawn over the top of your movie.
1: Yeah, and that's if you're lucky. A lot of times it's worse than that. Yeah, I I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Especially like or um, can you imagine like the end of like um, dead alive? If they had CG'd the blood. <laughs> like that it's the word i don't even want to consider it as like ever having been a possibility like it's i don't know yeah i mean also to you know dudes on a horror podcast being like oh practical effects are better not anything new but you know yeah i it's it bugs the hell out of me especially when like filmmakers on micro budgets are trying to go for cgi and i'm like there's no way this was actually more cost effective i mean you're better off like so have you have you ever seen the
0: Velocipaster? yeah yes okay when they did the whole like
1: vfx car on fire gag so uh, (laughs) that might be my favorite scene in a movie just period it's it's i so good it's so (laughs) basic and it's so dumb. And it is so funny. It works so well. Where, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I think that was absolutely perfect. I have no, I have no, uh, I have no complaints with that movie yeah. whatsoever. Um,
0: well, and, and the thing is, and they do CGI right, but so for, for the, the, the car on fire thing, like, first of all, like, like that was a, that was like a, I talked to the director. That was intended as a placeholder. Like they were going to do something there, even if it was like a cardboard thing on fire, but they were going to, but it just got such a big laugh that they just, they kept it. But, but the thing I really like about it is like, there's a scene later in the movie where somebody literally like steps on a landmine and, and explodes. Yeah. And the person exploding is, is CGI. Like it's, it's clear. And like, you can like, I've even like freeze framed it and just like advanced, like frame by frame to watch it. But yeah. then but then they also like do like a reaction shot or whatever of the guy like they just like sp- they just throw a bucket of blood in his face.
1: <laughs>
0: so they they put those yeah. two things together and it really like sells the illusion. So when you watch it just play out in real time, it really like sells the illusion and it's really yeah. really funny.
1: Which yeah, which is what and I'm honestly, I'm totally cool with that. You know. Yeah. You can do that. You can make that work, especially if you're playing it for laughs. If you're playing it as a gag, it works. But it really chaps my ass when movies do <laughs> it and try to be serious. Or like fog. CGI fog always looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh a fog machine's not that expensive.
0: Not let's at be all honest. Like like you can buy one at fucking like Hot Topic or what I don't know. Is Hot Topic still around? Is that a thing? Yeah, I don't think they would have them anymore, though.
1: Uh, Spencer's?
0: <laughs> Spencer's? Yeah. yeah. Or Amazon. Fucking Amazon.com. You can get a fog machine for probably like 30
1: bucks. You want a fun fact that is not relevant to anything at all and will never <laughs> help your life in any way whatsoever? Spencer's Gifts has been around since right after World War II. No shit. Yeah, they opened in 1945 when a GI came home from the war. Wow. And was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm. I already killed the Nazis. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. Sell dildo birthday cards. <laughs> that was his grand move. But like, look at him now. Yeah, like, that we, place is still going. It's been almost a hundred years.
0: Yeah. You know what? Like, that's what I've always said. Is like, if you're willing to go and like, like, risk your life for this country, then like, that's the least we can do is like let you just do whatever you want when you get home. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: I absolutely agree. And I will buy your dildo birthday cards. Yeah, you you want to yeah. sell goth
0: makeup to fourteen year olds?
1: Go right ahead. Go for it. You yeah, know?
0: you want to sell we those all... goddamn those? Remember those like lightning ball things? You know where you put your oh, hand on it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> How does it work? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. And like, honestly. Studded belts, goth makeup—these are all rites of passage for children, anyway. We should be thanking. We should be saluting Spencer's gifts every time we walk by it in the mall. Absolutely. That's that's my that's the new hill that I'm gonna die on. My girlfriend's good, and oh, Oh, it's a double. My girlfriend will stop asking me to go to the mall. See, you know what? You you know the thing—the thing that's one of the
0: things that Spencer's gifts used to sell is in this movie when they drag the car out of the lake. Um, in, like, the first act of the movie. Um, yeah. And hanging from the rearview mirror is a little, like, sign that says, mean people suck. Okay. Okay. That was a staple in the 90s. Those, oh, yeah. Like, you could get those things for your tag. You could get a bumper sticker. There were t-shirts,
1: stickers. Yeah, I, I had a magnet on the inside of my locker.
0: Yeah. That said mean people suck. Like that was the thing, and it and it was like I don't know. It was like less than eighteen months before you had like parodies of it that said like nice people swallow, <laughs> 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 and all kinds of shit. But that was like a that was another like nineties thing. Like like because I I had, I can't tell you the last time I saw one of those. No. Um, yeah. But, but that was everywhere in the, in the mid nineties.
1: Which again, just a just a testament to how. At least how closely, or like how much D. Snyder tried to be cued into like early or like late nineties alternative culture. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Salute to you, sir. Yeah. Uh, Um. Fantastic. Um, Now I'd be remiss if I did not mention the hanging scene. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the hanging scene. My second favorite scene in the movie, just because, (laughs) honestly, he does a pretty good job of making it look like he's hanging. Like, he sells it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. The shaky branch spinning in circles as he's kicking around (laughs) was pretty funny. But then also the fact that these people are out committing murder. Murder. They're murdering a man. And it starts to drizzle a little bit. They're all like, nah, fuck this. I'm going home. I'm coming the most, inside. Yeah.
0: One of the most convenient, uh, one of the most convenient rainstorms ever filmed. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and I love if you look like when you're watching it, you can see where the rain stops in the background. <laughs> yeah. You can see like it's raining here, but if you just walked 10 feet that way, perfectly dry, just bone dry. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Which Love is it. funny, because the hanging stuff looks so good. Like, the angles that they shoot that from... Yeah. Are, I'm like, I can't... Like, I don't... I can't see the rig that's holding him
1: up. or no. Like, they shoot it from the top down. Yeah, um, and, and part of it... And, like... Well, and then to... I was admiring, like, his core strength in that. Because, mm-hmm. like, to kick your body out the way he's doing it, to where you curve almost backwards as if you were actually hanging that's so hard to do in that position like that takes so much core strength I was like well look at you Iggy Pop but (laughs) like no dude is uh, ripped for sure yeah but like I was like wow he really sold that it was everything else around the scene like they hit the rig really well he pulled off the acting bit of it really well and then everything else around that was just fucking ridiculous well and let's Uh, talk about his
0: his um his like reformed persona like appearance oh Oh, god Uh, where he's got the cardigan sweater
1: yeah yeah and the ponytail
0: and the glasses
1: (laughs) well well, and here's my thing i can't figure out for the life of me whether or not he was supposed to actually be reformed
0: i i always took it to be well because they made a point to show like his his pills like he was on medication like antipsychotics or whatever and they they like they like they they um somehow when they captured him like he's his
1: his medication like falls out of his pocket yeah because who doesn't keep it in their pocket at all times <laughs> when they're when they're sitting at their table alone inside their home eating dinner yeah. who doesn't just have their pills in their yeah. pocket and yeah. and the, and the whole point in the beginning like the
0: whole his whole like because he's not—he's not like a serial killer. Like I said, he only kills two people in the whole movie. Like everyone Man. else is a, is alive because he's got this like cult leader kind of persona where he's like, "I'm gonna help these people reach enlightenment." It's the jigsaw thing, kind
1: of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It I'm is. I'm going to enhance your life through this series of torture. Right. Yeah. And if you die, you die. Yeah.
0: And, and and I guess, like, he was basing it on, like, some, like, kind of understanding of, like, primitive, you know, cultures. Because he's into, like, all this asphyxiation f- ex- and all this other stuff. There's, like, one scene, like, early on where, like, these, his friends, like, cut him down from hanging. He's like, why the fuck did you do that? We're like, we thought you were dead. You know, all this shit. And, like, he, he finally achieves that. And that's sort of what, like, unlocks his his persona in the yeah. in
1: the second half. Which, again... The absolute gold of him (laughs) falling down from the tree branch and then just sitting up and going, what a rush. (laughs) Fucking died. I thought my roommate texted me to be like, hey, are you okay? Because all I (laughs) hear is yelling and cackling coming from the other room. Beautiful. Just, God, you couldn't ask for anything better. But and also I don't because that. The scene where, like, his friends cut him down or whatever, he wasn't hanging by his neck. No. He was doing suspension. Yeah. how do you die from that?
0: <laughs> you you don't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> understand. I, I was. I thought I missed something. Like, was he supposed to have been hanging by his neck? Yeah, no. But no. I, yeah. He was. But like he was hanging like I from have, his pecs.
1: Yeah. I have friends who do yeah. suspension. Yeah.
0: That's not going to kill you. Yeah which which according to according to saw 7 doesn't work what hanging I by I, I don't know if you've seen all the saw movies uh, most
1: of them i think um, so
0: so the 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 well what used to be the last well, what used to be the last saw movie saw 7 saw 3D um
1: yes, i did see that i saw that one in theater. yeah
0: that, that was the one where, like, the there was a guy going around doing talk shows, like, pretending that he, this is probably, I think is a spoiler for Saw 3D, but he was pretending to have been a Jigsaw victim, but he wasn't actually. And yeah. he claimed that Jigsaw, like, put these, like, hooks, like, through his pecs and, like, made him, like, suspend himself from, from the air or something. And so th- then they did it, like, at, at the end of the movie, and it just ripped right through his flesh. And he was yeah. like, see, like, you can't, it can't support your body weight or something like that. That was a major plot point of Saw 7.
1: Which is... Absolute dog shit. I've seen people do it. (laughs) Like I've personally with my own eyes seen people do it. However, I mean, if it's done wrong or like you have to have pecs. Like I couldn't do it because I'm you know, it's gotta be like real like muscle
0: tissue, not just like your skin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to be and you have to have good muscle. Like I would it would go right through me like butter because, you know, I'm buttery. But yeah, no, there's... It's absolutely doable. Um, But also... Alright, good tip. The Saw movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I go into them for any sort of... <laughs> uh, Like, if you're taking... If you're walking out of, like, theater from watching a Saw movie and you're like, hmm, I learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> you need, like, just check your sources, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, um, but this was this was torture porn before, like, years before anyone ever called anything torture porn.
1: Yeah, yeah, except for, that's another weird thing about this movie. The things that they shy away from showing, and then show later anyway. I don't know if that was for maybe they had a problem with some of the early makeup where like it looked like shit or whatever mm. but for the first like half of this movie they don't show you anything and then once you get to the like towards the end after he like becomes reformed and then turns back into captain howdy and whatever they don't shy away from any of it like yeah. they cut away from every boob and every piercing and every everything in the beginning of this movie and then for the set like third act they're like Fuck it. Throw it in there. <laughs> like, Which I was like, why? Why are you not showing this? this is supposed to be like, a, yeah. you know, it started like a psychological thriller for the first, you know, 40 or hour. And then <laughs> that end is just like actually where it becomes a horror movie. slash police procedural thing. Yeah. Like weird fucking movie. I- I'm still pissed that we don't get to see that
0: dude getting his ampelang.
1: Me too, me too. Um, uh, well, get, that would be really hard to like. I'm just thinking about like what that would required like practically. Yeah, to do especially in 1998. Yeah, I mean t- today,
0: like prosthetics today or oh, yeah. or not that like I was I was hanging out with Luke when he got his uh, uh when he got his uh, his uh, shipment Ampling? of. Oh. <laughs> 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 Jesus. <laughs> no, we but we got uh, like while I was there in Tennessee, uh I was staying at his house for a few days and um and this this box shows up and it's like um I think the I think the outside of the box says like 30 pounds of ass and balls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally like this prosthet not 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 prosthet, but it's like this rubber like 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 ass with a butthole and everything and, and balls, there was no cock attached to it, okay. um, but it was an ass and balls, um, you for, know, that you could use, uh, and you know, and it like, like in, in person that didn't look that realistic, but I could see how, like if you shot it the right way, like with the right lighting, like it
1: would look real as shit. What well, um, makeup, you put makeup on it and like, yeah. you know, give it actual skin tone and stuff. Uh is this for God country? or yeah, Am yeah, was, I yeah, learning things country. about Luke that I don't <laughs> need to know? I will put him on an FBI watch list right now. Don't think I won't. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, I mean, they probably. I was thinking about that watching, and I was like, I would really like to see a remake of this. Yeah, I'd be really interested. Well, well, I he like, wanted I, to make a sequel.
0: Oh, D. Snyder. I would buy it. He, uh, yeah, he's tried to make a sequel. Apparently, um. So apparently, so this was this was owned by um uh, by the, sh- the the shooting gallery that was the studio or distributor
1: and Snyder than thou productions, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like I I okay again sure. I think like through the watching of this fucking T Snyder became my hero yeah. like he's my favorite person now um but
0: there's a whole there's a whole backstory on TSG and like what happened to them. And like the federal government came in and like seized like all of their property and stuff. And that included the rights to Strangeland. And I guess he tried for years to, to get them back um, because he wanted to make a sequel. And then it just never, it just never ended up lining up. And I think eventually he lost interest in it. What, um, what, what did they do? I, I'm, I'm assuming it's some tax thing, but I didn't allegedly. really like, what did get, they allegedly <laughs> like, do? Right. Right. <laughs> Um, so, like, as of the last I read, like, there's no longer any plans for a sequel, but D. Snyder does have, like, other, like, other movies he wants to make, and honestly, like, I think he should. I just think, like, he should, like, write, like, the basic story, and then hire a screenwriter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, but also, I mean, this... You know this movie was 23 years ago maybe he has been practicing maybe it maybe be. it's got his chops up you know it could be 23 years is a long time to get good at something yeah yeah it could be um i was i
0: was looking at on rotten tomatoes this thing has a six percent on rotten tomatoes which is a fucking right. crime
1: Is that the critic score or the audience score?
0: That's the critic score. The audience score
1: is like positive. The audience score is like 60 or 70%. See, I always look at the audience score. I don't give a shit about the critic score. The last time I thought the critics knew what they were doing, it was for mother! (laughs) God, I hated that movie. What? (laughs) Oh, I love that movie. Oh, yeah? Well, Uh, okay, here's the thing. That
0: movie, so I have like a deep, I have like a deep-rooted social anxiety where like showing up on my front door unannounced is like the worst thing you could do to me. Like I would rather you slit my throat in yeah. bed, like at night or whatever, okay. than than yeah. just like knock on my door. Which is literally that entire movie. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: all that movie is. Yeah. That's all it
0: is. So I was I had never been more uncomfortable in a movie theater than I was watching that movie.
1: I I mean I agree with you but that's you know why I liked it um but, yeah. I don't have that same kind of social anxiety but like the uh, like the level of uncomfortable and like tense and anxious that I was watching it I watched it alone in a movie theater in a city that I've never been to before and then yeah. had to walk <laughs> back to my Airbnb like two miles <laughs> after and i was like like under overpasses like through the like in chicago and i was oh, like "Oh yeah this was all a bad call but yeah. like in a very cool way it was a very good memory of that uh of watching that movie but like yeah i like that movie a lot and a lot of the critics were like yeah this movie's pretty solid and i was like i agree <laughs> And since then, I've pretty much, unless it's about like a Pixar movie, which, you know, always get glowing reviews. And I'm like, I never agree with the critic score. And I barely ever even look at what they have to say. So if if it has a good audience score, then I'm good with that. I agree with that.
0: I mean, I think you have to look at both. I think looking at both kind of tells you something about what you're getting into. Because there's a difference between like a film that's going to challenge you 'Cause a lot of times audiences don't like that. Yeah. A lot that's of audiences true. don't want to be challenged. That's true. Um so People there's are... a, there's a difference between a film that's gonna challenge you and a film that's a crowd pleaser and kind of finding that that sort of you know, that, that sort of in between. But usually if if one or the other is good, I can understand why after I've seen it. Like, okay, yeah. I get it. I get why an audience would like this. I get why a critic would like would like this yeah. because it's – if it, like, if I know that something has a shitty audience score and a high critic score, then I'm probably going to see something that's really different from what we normally get in theaters.
1: Yes and – yeah, yes and no, uh, at least to a yeah. typical extent, you know. But, like, with shit like this, you know. Yeah. This is a weird movie. In pretty much every way. Like it tries to be weird. It is weird in unintentional ways where like, that's not how screenwriting works uh, type <laughs> of way. Like so, it is. And, yeah, it is that. And critics hate that. They like yep. when you break convention in their conventional way of breaking, you know, they like, they like the Paul Thomas Anderson way of breaking with, yep. you know, yeah, that's fair. conventional filmmaking. But they don't like when, you know, they they don't like truly independent artists. Yeah, that's fair. That's all. Yeah, that's all. That's all fair. Um, but yeah.
0: there was one review in particular that stuck out at me. Somebody calls it called it the worst movie of 1998. And those are fighting words. Um, yeah. What? Because here, here are some other movies that came out in 1998 in case in case some of you don't remember back that far. OK, here. There's just a few of those. Uh, there's I Still Know What You Did Last Summer.
1: <laughs> sphere
0: like,
1: i love that movie <laughs> uh
0: senseless which is like the way in that was like one of the wayans brothers i forget which wayans it was and um um uh, god who's that annoying white guy um that uh, was on just shoot me david spade
1: oh god. the david
0: spade movie it was david spade and one of the wayans it might have been damon wayans but i forget which one uh so yeah senseless where he like loses his he like he like takes he like participates in some kind of like uh experiment uh like you know like one of those like oh come make money to be like medically experimented on and he starts to like lose his different senses like at one point he loses his sense of taste at one point he loses his sense of sight like it's all it, it's it's bad um that's terrible yeah. yeah uh what dreams may come i love that movie. The too. movie and the and the psycho remake the gus mm. van sant psycho those all okay. came out in 1998
1: honestly though i like i like most of those movies so maybe i just have shitty taste i didn't know is like is what dreams may come like considered a bad movie i think a lot of
0: people hate that one i uh i love that movie (laughs) i mean that movie's insane i
1: oh yeah (laughs) but i like insane movies you know like i like that when you like especially when it's unintentional uh going you know talking about the same thing with your philosopher um you guys were talking about how like you can make like a so bad it's good movie intentionally and have it work yeah, yeah I agree but I think it's very rare um I like movies that are batshit insane because that's what they are you know like I think when it's inherently that way it it adds to the charm and the appeal of it so much more and what dreams may come is like the perfect example of that you know and like sphere i love that movie (laughs) Um, sphere yeah uh i get
0: um so that's a michael crichton movie. i get that one and congo mixed up a lot
1: sure yeah spheres the michael crichton it's uh dustin hoffman and samuel jackson right okay congo is the the one with bruce campbell and yes uh, okay
0: all right. I got that. Yeah, I think I got that confused with Congo.
1: Yeah. Um, Sphere Sphere is the one where they go like under the ocean and find some okay. weird Lovecraftian <laughs> thing that makes them all go insane. Yeah. But that was uh, in that
0: post Jurassic Park era where like every Michael Crichton novel was getting optioned
1: every movie. single fucking one. <laughs> and I think in my opinion, the only two that they pulled off were Sphere and Jurassic Park. Yeah, and they only did Jurassic Park for one movie. That's the only Jurassic, the first one is the only Jurassic Park movie I like. So,
0: yeah, I like. Uh, so, I I like the newest one. Um, oh, the
1: Fallen I like Kingdom. it. <laughs> I like it in the way of what we were just talking about, where yeah. that movie is batshit so insane. bad. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, and it makes none of it makes any fucking sense. But also, like you know i say i don't like these movies i don't like them compared to the first one you give me dinosaurs fighting each other i'm pretty happy yeah like the fallen kingdom so, so i mean the first jurassic park is a classic i mean it's so, just everything about it is is pitch perfect the lost- i feel like we're at the point where we can say it's one of the best movies ever absolutely Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: the lost world has certain moments that are good um just it's just as a whole it doesn't it doesn't quite come together. It's like it's like Spielberg showed up for like twenty percent of the shooting days.
1: Yeah. And the rest of the time he was off doing yeah. something else. Which I think is probably actually true, where like he left <laughs> second and third <laughs> unit to do most of the shit and yeah. he just did the big important scenes. Like that truck scene on the cliff. Yeah. That's a good Amazing. scene. Amazing. That's so good. Yeah. And well, and the it's got the same problems that all Jurassic Park movies have is that other than the first one, in every Jurassic Park movie, the human stuff is dog shit. If there's two humans on the screen and there's not a dinosaur, what's happening is terrible and annoying (laughs) and uninteresting. Yeah. Once the dinosaurs come in, it's cool. Even when they're just, like, running next to Chris Pratt's motorcycle, I guess. But, like... (laughs) You know, like they're. It's the it's the same thing with like a with a Godzilla movie. You know, like King and the Monsters. That movie was awesome until there was a human on the screen, and then it was terrible. Yeah,
0: that's what I hear. That's yeah, I. Hear. I <sighs> yeah, um. But w- what I liked about Fallen Kingdom is it felt like like watching it, it felt like a su- watching a sci-fi original script, but shot with a Jurassic Park budget.
1: Yeah, with two hundred million
0: dollars. <laughs> well, like, it, I like really I have... like this is where we're going. Like, it's literally like like you know, it's it's a cat and mouse thing with a with a genetically engineered dinosaur in a mansion. Like yeah. this is oh, awesome.
1: I would have absolutely <laughs> not been surprised if I had looked up because I think Colin Trevorrow wrote that. Yeah, um, but like, had I not known that and I looked up the screenwriter and it was like the same guy that did Lavalangela I would have been like, all right, I can yeah. see it. Well, yeah. and I can't, I was sitting in the theater next to my girlfriend at the time being like, I can't fucking believe this got made. I truly cannot believe this movie exists in the form that it does.
0: Yeah. It's so, it's so unreal. Like the moment when Chris Pratt is like, is paralyzed. And he's trying to, like, roll himself away from the lava.
1: Oh, it's so funny. Or, like, the fact that, like, how that whole lava rolling and the cliff jump and all that, that entire sequence is one of the most batshit insane things I've ever seen in, like, a movie. Like, yeah. The fact that he caught up with their rolling ball that's, like, just in free roll down a hill. Uh, The fact that he survived. That he could smash it underwater? Yeah, he could smash it underwater. The fact that he even survived that 200-foot leap off a cliff into the water surrounded by falling lava and dinosaur bodies. Like, everything about that movie, I was like, this movie's fucking nuts. I love it. But also, yeah. technically, that movie is awful. Yeah, like but I, it's 100, 100%, 100% agree,
0: and I, I, I love it. I, I was cackling in the theater watching. Like, I just couldn't. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Like, this is on a big screen. Like, this is a 200 million dollar movie that somebody made. Like, they either have no idea what they're doing, or they have like the biggest balls I have ever seen. I've ever
1: seen in my life. Granted, I know things cost a lot more in 1998, but, like, filmmaking-wise, you know, technology's come a lot of way. You can do a lot more with a lot less now. Um, but I can't believe that Strangeland cost a million dollars. Um, Because
0: it's shot on film... Like that's the only explanation I can come up
1: with. Like, it's... is it filmed? Because most movie making was digital by the late nineties, right?
0: Late nine? No, I think I think still back then they were shooting on. I would I would expect they'd be shooting on thirty five millimeter. Okay. 90, or maybe like low budget movies in that era were shot on Super sixteen. Um. So I would expect this would be a thirty five millimeter, and I think that's that, and the practical effects are probably like the main and. Um, and the cast um because i mean it doesn't have like a like a solid like a list cast but it's got like it's got a big enough cast with you know decent enough day rates yeah
1: um, well and it's got it's got a cool cast yeah yeah you know like everybody in there you're like oh that's pretty cool like yeah. they might not be they might not be like Like, Oscar contending actors, but they're like
0: Robert England probably got like, I don't know, like 10 grand to show up for a day. Yeah. You know,
1: or something, you know, who knows? And Um, he, well, and then they got, and I was like another, I mean, I guess you could look at this either way, but like Robert England, he's known for his, you know, sarcasm and kind of his wit and like, (laughs) you know, his running his mouth. That's kind of what yeah. he's known for. And they show, so his, his fucking mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did the Wolverine origins Deadpool <laughs> thing 10 years before they had the yep. balls to do it to Deadpool and take, you know, the biggest mouth in Western film and they sewed it shut. Yep. Um, you know, bully for you guys. The Very. <laughs> is cool choice. Whoa. And then they got a, like, they got him into those, you know, when he was hanging in the thing, you can see that that's Robert England. Like, yeah, so yeah. they put him in the prosthetics for that, like suspension scene and shit. So yeah. like. Instead I hope he got
0: like a, a, a stunt double.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, just anybody and like trying to like pass it off as like, because I mean, for. He's got a pretty distinctive look, but if you don't pull in close to him, you can pretty much pass off any white dude as Robert England from right. a distance. Yeah.
0: I said that the other... Yeah, just this last, this last weekend, one of my wife's friends was, like, trying to tell me that, like, all Asian dudes look the same. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? All you white bitches look the same, too.
1: Yeah, Have you ever seen American Horror Story? <laughs> There's two people on that show. White man, white woman. They're all interchangeable. Put like, put, like, Jamie Priestley...
0: And Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving, you know, like like all like just like just like shuffle up their images. People aren't people can't tell them no. apart. It's like all these blonde white girls.
1: Yeah, Matt Balm. Uh, that's his name, right? The guy from White Collar. Yeah, yeah, I I think sure. that's his name. But it, literally, like, there's a meme of it. You take the dude from American Horror Story. Doesn't even matter. You take all the dudes <laughs> and you put them side by side, and you're like those are all the same fucking person yeah like if you told me that they were set like sextuplets or whatever <laughs> i would absolutely believe you because yeah. they like yeah really? you know especially from the outside like i don't think all white dudes look the same but like i'm a white dude <laughs> like i like you know i don't think all black dudes or all asian dudes look the same either but like just in general like you're going to yeah from the outside, you're gonna gloss over some like key characteristics yeah. on people a lot easier. Yeah, that that happens to me all the
0: time. Like if I'm watching, if I'm watching, a, if I'm watching a horror movie, like if I'm watching just like some generic slasher, and there's like three like blonde white girls in the movie, I can't tell. I don't tell them apart. The no, I'm like, they I don't to- Which one is that? One is like, is that the nerdy one or the slutty one? Or the, I don't, I don't know.
1: They all look the same. Well, that's what's great about horror movies, too, because they give you that easy visual shorthand of, like, the slutty one will always have her shirt off, and the nerdy one will always be saying something annoying. she got her glasses in her ponytail. Famous. Yeah. And she'll always be like, I don't think that's a good idea, guys, whether it's fun or actually going to save their lives. Like, you know, that's what you get from uh, good old-fashioned classic horror movies. Right. Hooray for tropes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Tell me about, uh, tell me about, uh, super bummers. I'm, I'm excited uh,
1: about this. Super bummer. Um, I've got a, uh, pretty, I, I like to consider myself a, uh, connoisseur of sad media. Like <laughs> I love horror. I love, um, you know, sci-fi. And uh, I'm, like, a big fantasy fan and stuff like that. But, like, number one thing you can get me to do or get, can do to get me to love something is make me cry. Like, I've just, you know, always been into it. And I've noticed a profound lack in the, you know, podcast sphere of uh, podcasts specifically about sad media. So. My plan is to, you know, the concept of the show is every episode I will have a different guest on, um, and their, you know, their choice. They choose one good, sad book or movie or, t- uh, you know, episode of a TV show or album. Uh, it's probably gonna be pretty heavily music centric. Okay. Um. And discuss that. And hopefully, you know, kind of cathartic sad, where it's not like, you know, I don't want to just do like Schindler's List every episode. (laughs) You know, like that. But like something where you can watch it and you walk away from it relating to it or with some kind of catharsis is is the hope, at least. Okay. Um, And then, you know, hopefully people will listen to it and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, this sounds pretty, you know, this sounds good. Or like, hey, I can relate to that. And like, or hey, I felt that way. Maybe I'm going to check out this album and it might introduce, you know, people to things that might be helpful to them.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. I like that. Um, I like that a lot. I know we talked about this, I don't know, a while back when you were like, uh, you know, first kind of kicking it around. Um, so, you know, I definitely have, um, you know, I definitely have some things, uh, and I'm really, uh, really excited about it. And there's all things, I mean, I, I mean, but I mean, these days I'm probably more emotional than I have been in 10 years, um, you know, this last, like, you know, you know, 12 months or so. Yeah. (laughs) Understandably (laughs) so. Um, Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, um. But I've definitely I've definitely been there, and uh, and I get that. Um, there's a lot of great, it's uh, a lot of great music, a lot of great songs, and stuff. Um, the one that I've been thinking about a lot lately because Garth Brooks sang "Amazing Grace" at uh, at the inauguration.
1: And... Is it Chris Gaines? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> well,
0: it's not a Chris. G- no, actually, it's uh, so I I I'm on record. I think I'm on record about this. Like, I'm not a huge country music fan. But I listen to a lot of it because one, I, I grew up in the South, so you can't avoid it, and two, like yeah. my wife is a big country music fan. Okay. Um. So, um. And 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 I'm on record as saying like I don't understand how country music has uh, has persisted past like 1989 because Garth Brooks released the definitive country song that year, and no one has done a country song better uh since then and that is the dance
1: okay i don't know i thought you were gonna say that i've got friends (laughs) no no The, the
0: the dance is the best country song ever made and ever written and no one has topped it since um okay it's one it's a ballad and i think that when it comes to country music if you're going to excel musically it has to be a ballad because the more the upbeat country songs are basically just ripping off rock and R B and blues. And they're just they're for just
1: modern a, country for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: but the ballads are really where the heart and soul of country music are. Yeah. And then and then it's a song so the the whole the the whole hook of the song is uh, is I could have missed the pain. But then I'd have then I'd have to miss the dance, mm. and that's the whole point of the song. Is like, yeah, I guess if I'd never met this person, if I never felt this way, and I never had this loss, then I wouldn't feel this, have this pain right now. But I wouldn't have had all those good things, yeah, too.
1: And, yeah, all the things that are making me feel like shit now because they're gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that that's like the that's that's the heart right there and and nobody has topped it since and as far as i'm oh, concerned right. that was like the definitive country song and they might as well have just hung up the genre and walked away at that point and said okay we're done this yeah. is it. it's never gonna get better than this
1: and, i'm a big fan of like old outlaw country like i like waylon jennings and like merle haggard and oh, yeah. stuff like that yeah tom the t. later what you, you're a tom t hall fan no oh i don't know who that is
0: i would encourage you to check out tom t hall okay uh yeah yeah, good stuff.
1: Um I'll write that down right now. I've got a fairly long history with like, you know, noggin issues. So I've always found a lot of like um solace when it comes to like depression and stuff in sad media, you know, like mm-hmm. when I'm in one of those kind of ruts or funks or whatever you want to call it. I don't want to listen to people having the time of their life. Like, you know, (laughs) that's going to be annoying and make me more miserable. Yeah. Um, I get you. So I, I find a lot of like, uh, and I figured other people might attach to it the same way. And yeah, you said when I first started kicking around, this has been in the works for, uh, long time. I, I did an episode of the struggling artist podcast, uh, in july i think okay and it's february 3rd and i (laughs) pitched the same podcast on that episode of that podcast so um but yeah hopefully i'm hoping by uh the i'm hoping first week of march will be the first episode drop all right cool cool i'm looking forward to that man
0: that's exciting Exciting stuff, and I, I definitely have. Uh, I think we talked about this. I definitely have a book that I would love to talk about. I already uh, started reading it.
1: Did you? Yeah. Like oh, I'm, awesome. like I'm committed. Like I have a lot of people, like a lot of episodes planned. Okay. And I'm like, I've already been like listening to the albums and like watching the movies and reading the books and stuff. I've been doing that for like, you know, seven months. Wow, you, <laughs> like, you are.
0: You are way more prepared than than I was when I started this podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's my whole thing. That's part of the reason why it's taken because I've got a couple of episodes roughly in the can that I could do with the people that I could record like in the same room as. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm waiting till I get like a backstock of episodes before I start releasing stuff so I don't have yeah. to be like. Oh shit, crunch time like every week or every other week or Yeah. All right, man. We do it. So yeah, man, I think
0: we're good, man. I appreciate you, uh appreciate you taking the time, man. I love it. Oh,
1: absolutely. Um always willing. Uh thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. I and like, you know, I love your podcast specifically because it's you know, these are shit. Like, there's no other podcast in the world that was gonna let me talk about Strangeland. <laughs> You know, I, there's probably only three other podcasts in the world that have ever heard of Strange Land, let alone are willing to like do an episode on it. So like, I appreciate that. You know, you do shit like that. You're you're a voice for the voiceless. I like
0: that. It's it's been a lot of fun, and like I like like the filmmakers that I've had on. It's not you know like they're all, they're all good people. You know like they're not people that like the world is like beating down their door to to talk to. Yeah. And uh, and I like to hear their stories because, I mean, they're just as interesting as, uh, you yeah, know, as anything else.
1: More so, I would say, like, you know, yeah. if you you go through um like you listen to the story of like how Jaws got made, it's a pretty standard, you know. Okay, well we went through the studio system, we got a script, and then we had this other guy like touch it up or whatever. But then you listen to the story of like how Velocipastor got made. That's a lot more interesting. <laughs> There's like yeah. a lot more weird shit that happens in there because, you know, when you do it outside of the system, everything gets a little bit more uh freeform and nebulous. So Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I definitely appreciate your podcast for a number of reasons, but specifically that where like, you know, you get shit from it that you don't get elsewhere. Yeah. Well thank you. You're I appreciate The only that. guy if you're looking to buy, you're the only guy selling. So
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: I mean that was that was the
0: idea. Um Yeah. That's the idea. So I um yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. And you know, and I went through I mean I'll confess, like I, I was I got really down like the uh latter part of December and first part of January. Um and I and then I talked to some other people that have podcasts that are way bigger than mine and they're like, and they were like, yeah, we all saw like a dip, like people just, just stopped listening. And I think it's just cause you get in that, you go into like Christmas break and stuff and people get off their routine. Yeah.
1: Um, well, and I think a big part of that was the fact that it was 2020. Yeah. Nobody did anything. And then by, you know, holiday time, people were feeling a little bit more comfortable to go do stuff. So a lot of people were, you know, spending more time with family and leaving their house more and shit like that. So I think that dip was probably um, pretty universal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, and, and, but what really like turned me around was not even like, like, yeah, the numbers have come back up in like mid to late January. And I'm happy about that. And, and it's not like a, I, I, I try not to make it like a narcissistic thing. Like I just want people to see these movies. That's really, yeah. that's really what I want. And, and that makes it hard for me to like promote the podcast. Cause it's like, I don't want you to listen to me cause I'm some, I'm some narcissistic guy that has to like have his opinions heard. I, I know that if you're listening, there's a better chance you're going to, you're going to see the movie. And that's that, that kind of makes me happy. But yeah. what really turned me around was um, I had such a good time make like recording those episodes in January. Cause I did like the December stuff I recorded like all like in like a week, week and a half, like blur. And then I spaced them out over the month and stuff. And then I took, I took a lot of time away. And then in January I'm like, Oh shit, I, I need, I need more episodes. Like I need to, yeah. you know, pound the pavement and start talking to people. And I had so I had so much fun like talking to guys like, uh, like the one that just dropped um, with, um, with Chuck and, uh, and Chance and and talking to Trev, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago with Trev and um, uh, and the uh, and Jennifer and Brian that did get my gun, and I just had so much fun talking to them. And I'm like, you know what? I don't give a fuck who listens to it. I had fun making this, so uh, yeah, that's well, it. Like I'll listen to it because because <laughs> it's cool to go back and listen to it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah we we talked about that and we had that joke and we shared that laugh and that's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Well, and just like you know, well the only person of those people I've ever talked to is Trev. But like Trev is such a fun person to talk to. Last week he had to deal with me uh, drunk dialing him at like two (laughs) o'clock in the morning and be like, how do I do this? And he's like, all right, dude, calm down. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, no, like, well, and that shows through too, you know, it's not, you're in conversation. Like when, listening to your show it you're listening to a conversation between two people um and it makes it engaging you're not listen it's not one of those things where you're not projecting yourself as some kind of authority or like all-knowing person telling you know it's a lot more natural and it's a lot more fun to listen to because of that
0: yeah cool well i appreciate <laughs> that yeah i mean that's 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 what i'm going for and that's what i try i mean this is this is not inside the actor's studio
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, which yeah <laughs> thank god because i would have fallen asleep driving so, um yeah awesome man. oh keep up the good work i love it yeah. um is your episode
0: with Trev out yet uh yeah yeah we talked about uh killers the mike mendez classic um okay you mentioned la valanchula a, a, a while back he uh same guy that directed la valanchula Uh, Oh, which is another movie that I absolutely love.
1: Oh, oh, (laughs) Lavalanche is fantastic. Uh, We made like we make a drinking game out of it. (laughs) It's like every time you're just like, what the fuck?
0: You have to drink.
1: Um, Not a complicated. We're not creative. (laughs) But. uh, But, uh. Oh yeah, I gotta listen to that because like I, I saw you post the thing in the Slack the other day, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for this episode to come out. I didn't realize yeah. it was all. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely, definitely check that out because um, that, that's a fun one. Uh, Trev and I just we just got we just got hammered and we just we just rambled on for like two hours on
1: all kinds of shit. It's good stuff. Is, yeah, that's perfect. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, that's uh, if I had known that, I would have listened to that. I listened to like three episodes this morning. I would have listened <laughs> to that one, but. <laughs> All right, cool, man. I got to get going to work now. Yeah, man. All right, I appreciate it, man. You take it easy. Yeah, I appreciate it, anytime. And I'll, I'll let you know when I'm ready for you. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. All right, man. All right, Have a good night. Yep, you too.